Welcome to Five Pillar Fitness. This is Dan the Man, and I am super excited for our episode today. I have two special guests, one of which is my father. He's my mentor, my leader, my hero. He has tons of crazy stories of just doing stupid things in high school and <laughs> having fun with his friends. And the cool, the interesting thing about him is he's actually still friends with the majority of his buddies from high school. They're just the boys and they still get together and do a bunch of stuff. So he's done a very good job at cultivating and having those good relationships. He is a man of service and he's dedicated his life to helping and blessing others outside of his, himself. Truly, he's a family man. And let's be honest, he wouldn't have made it without my mom. So shout out mom. She is his queen and the most important woman in my life at the moment. She's done so much for, for our family as well. So I wanted to get these two in for an episode as we dive more into relationships and covering priorities in your life because they do a really good job at, at balancing family relationships and forgiving others. And they're just really, really wonderful examples. So I wanted to get, get them in on here. So the reason I wanted my father as a guest as well is because of all the lessons that he's taught me, not just by his words, but by his life and his example. And same goes for my mother. So welcome, mom, dad. Thank <laughs> Thanks you. so much for being on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, so the one, the, the story I wanted to cover is our family from, I don't know how old I was when you started college. I was nine, eight, ten. Yeah, right around there, uh, 2008. Okay. Yeah. So we went through a period of time uh, of financial trials in our family, and my parents had to raise four boys, all under the age of 10, so the house was chaotic. Um, my dad decided to leave his job at holiday gas station and go back to college to pursue his passion all while juggling being a father a husband a coach and a student and my mom also had to run a daycare work a night job and there was just a lot of turmoil and financial things that happened over the last couple those years that period of time can you just give me that story and what happened kind of the timeline of, of how that all went down well, I'd been working for Auto Oil for a few years, and I fell in love with, with the money. And I thought, okay, this would be a great way to raise my family, uh, be financially secure. But I wasn't happy. Um, and we kind of really went through it over the edge even a little bit too, was we went on a family vacation and I was getting a phone call like every day. Like, man, I'm on vacation. This is why you were on yeah, holiday that, still. Yeah, this yeah. is why I was still working. I was like, man, I'm on vacation. Like, I want to be able to go on vacation, be, spend time with my family and doing different things. And then some things happened at work where I, I, had to, I had to leave. And it was a blessing in disguise. It wasn't planned but it was necessary. Mom definitely wasn't happy. Uh, I got pretty depressed. Wasn't sure what I was supposed to do in this little window here. 
I tried working for an insurance company. That just doesn't work, wasn't working out. But I remember one day coming home and you can imagine this, we had a nice big bay window and we had two chairs that sat in this bay window. And we loved to just sit there and just talk, have conversations. And she looked right at me and she goes, you're not happy and you're driving me absolutely crazy. I love you, but you're driving me crazy. You need to go do what you love. At this point, I had been coaching high school football, Riverton High School for about eight years. And she says, you are so happy in the fall when you are out there coaching and working with those young men and just being with them. No, that's just the happiest time of your life is, is when you're out there. So you need to just go do that full time. Well, I hadn't gone to school, so I was starting from scratch. And she supported me 100% because she knew that this was going to make me happy. And that in the long term, it was going to be beneficial for our family. Now, we all put out long-term goals throughout our lives, right? And you start putting those short-term goals together, but a lot of times you don't realize how hard it is to accomplish some of those short-term goals. It's it, it can drive you absolutely crazy. Think, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to become a teacher. I'm going to become a coach. That's yeah. what I want to do. You can see the finish line, but yeah. <laughs> there, there's a whole marathon to be ran before you get there. Yeah, exactly, right? It's like, holy cow, okay. Yeah, this is what I want to do. But I remember going that first semester, I started so like community college, and I go into this classroom, and I was the oldest one there by 15 years. Like, it was crazy. And I definitely felt out of place. The only one that's married with kids yes. and, like a bi and like a big family. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that was pretty crazy. And then by the time I graduated from my associates and when I got up to the University of Utah, it, it was even crazier because now I was up at a major university. The kids that were in my cohort, in my group, we were going to go through this course together and exercise sports science and different things like that, become educators, become teachers. And man, it, I don't know. I don't know how I fit in with them because I was just so much older than they were and had kids at home and was just living a completely different lifestyle. Than, than what they were doing. They were kids uh, themselves. They, they, they were kids themselves. Um, so just a really quick recap. Yeah. So you, so 2008, you, you weren't happy at your job. So you decided to, to take a total life change and you kind of had a moment, a period of time where you didn't have a purpose. You didn't really know what you were supposed to be doing and which way to go. I, no, no, that's absolutely correct. I was, I was in a deep depressed hole. It was, I was not in a good place. And that's, and that's where your mother came through big time. Cause I wasn't seeing it, but she did. And I can only imagine that conversation might've been hard for her to have with me because I just, I wasn't in a good place. And sometimes you don't feel comfortable having those conversations with people. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so what did you see that 
prompted you to have the hard conversation in the relationship? Seeing dad as men usually are the breadwinner, right? And having this job to not having a job, trying to find his way, um, not knowing what he wants to do and hitting into this depression was really hard. I had already been running my daycare, my business for um, the last eight, nine years or so. And so I was established in that, but he did not want to do anything. He some days didn't even want to get out of bed. It started reminding me of um, the depression that you get when you just, like you said, don't have a purpose, don't have anything going on in your life. And I felt bad for him for a little bit of time, but then it started getting hard for me and raising four kids and having my job. And to be honest, uh, we were on state financial help. Um, we were on food stamps and on their Medicare program for the kids insurance. And I'm was really ashamed to admit that and to say that at that time when we were going through that. And after we went through everything, our main purpose and goal was to get off of that as fast as we could because we wanted to be self-reliant. We wanted to provide for our own kids. We wanted to provide for them their insurance and their health needs and um, everything that we needed to for them. So I actually turned out to be very grateful for the state assistance and that that is something that is offered to people like us that were going through a situation like that. Because I think that if we didn't have that, things really would have been a lot worse for our kids and for our marriage possibly. But I had a hard time seeing him like this. And I think that's when I finally I'm like, okay, we got to talk. We got to, we got to help him because I know how great he is. I know how wonderful he is with kids and how happy he is at the school and teaching and coaching. And so that conversation definitely had to happen to help him get on his way. So now you're in the transition period of now you're chasing that goal. Now you're chasing that dream. You're, you're formulating this, the purpose in your own identity to be able to get towards that. Like you said at the very beginning where you have all these short-term goals in order to get to that long-term goal. And that long-term goal was, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to, this is what makes me happy. So it was ultimately pursuing your, your happiness. Walk me through, after you got your associates, your, your University of Utah, just like kind of how the end of that marathon went for you. It was tough, uh, like the end of most marathons are, I would imagine. I've, I've never ran one, but uh, talking to people that have, you know, that end part is, is generally the most difficult, but it's definitely the most gratifying because you're towards you can see it, you can feel it, but, you know, mentally you might be breaking down, physically you might be breaking down. And there was definitely times that, that mentally and physically I was breaking down um, because 
some of these classes were tough and to be honest i was never a strong student um i had to really work in order to get the grades that i needed in order to graduate i remember one time in a kinesiology class i was i was just really struggling and i wish i could remember the person that gave me this advice but it was somebody i coached with he told me that you can't be comparing yourself to a lot of these other kids that are that you're working with or that you're in your class younger they're not doing what you're doing trying to study with four kids running around in your house they're just full-time students <laughs> yeah they're, they're full-time students you're not going and coaching your kids at baseball they're not going and coaching your kids at baseball practice and then coming home trying to study for a test and waking up the next morning at eight o'clock to try and take that test you know they're able to to really focus and and spend that time and that was really a, a good piece of advice advice that calmed me down but man that day up at the huntsman center with my wife and my kids was one of the most rewarding days i've ever had in my life i wasn't planning on walking or doing any of that stuff so gradu graduating. graduating yeah Coming i wouldn't plan on going to all the ceremonies or anything like that because it's like i'm so much older than all these people here you know that i was graduating with mm -hmm. now there's plenty of there's plenty of older adults that go to school, graduate, that are getting masters or doctorates or different things like that. Right. But getting a bachelor's, I was, you know, in my group, I was the oldest and it wasn't even close. Um, and again, mom, she's like, you know what? I want our boys to see you do that. And she was right. And one of the favorite pictures I have is us walking away. I've got my camping gown on and we're all holding hands walking up the street after I've got my diploma. Because sometimes you'll do things for yourself, but sometimes you want to do things for others. And it's a lot more gratifying when you're doing them for others at times. And that part of the journey was very, very satisfying. Even though at this point I didn't have a job, but I had finished what a lot of people thought that I couldn't finish. Believe it or not, there was a lot of doubters, um, even friends that just thought we were crazy, that I was crazy going and doing this. And they kept telling me, you know what, just go find a job. There's good steady jobs out there. You can go do this, you can go do that. And, and we stuck to the plan. And I'm grateful we did because our family's in such a great place right now that it wouldn't be there if it hadn't been for that time frame in our lives. At the end of the day, it's your life. <laughs> it's, you know, whatever path you want to take. And there's a couple of really good lessons that come out of that. The first one that comes to my mind is your role as a father that I think that we lose right now in, uh, in our society, that the role is to provide and protect and preside to be an example for your family and to be the breadwinner to bring the money in and to really be that pillar for your family 
So I imagine it was probably really hard during that time as well to not be the guy until you finally did finish the school. And that's when you had that moment when you're holding hands and you feel, I did it. I am the provider. I am protecting my family. That's a value I, I think that we've lost. The other thing is the fallacy of social constructed timelines, right? You thought, I'm too old <laughs> to be yeah. here with these <laughs> with these 20-year-old kids in college that are studying the same thing. But in all reality, if now that we look back on it, it's like, well, actually, you had life experience at that time that you probably end up teaching a lot of the kids in your classes about just overall life experiences. You ended up having way more leverage in getting a job. And I, th I think that the timeline doesn't really matter. So the message for those that are listening is go and pursue your dream. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, you can still go and do it. My, our, my grandpa, your dad, <laughs> he is on his own little fitness journey right now. And he's 60, 70, he's 70. He just turned, he has 70, yeah, he just turned 70. he's 70. And he's on, he just started a fitness journey and that's been really cool to watch. So your age and what you want to pursue, it really doesn't matter. Uh, as long as it's going to be, what's going to make you happy. And yeah, so what I wanted to ask there is, you knew that this was going to be hard, both of you. You knew it would suck going through this timeline because you knew it was going to be a, a marathon. It was going to take a while. Why would you make that decision knowing that it would suck and just not be pleasant? I would say because it was our future. We knew that if we buckled down, this would take four to five years. We could do this. Our kids were still young. Um, you were the oldest being nine or so. If this took four or five years, we could have this done before you were hitting into high school. So if we did this, the future for us was so important that we knew we had to do it. You began with the end in mind. You could you could For see sure. you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. You knew that the end was absolutely. It was it was all a means to an end. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I wanted to be able to be there for my family. I wanted to be able to provide, but I wanted to be there for my family. Maybe go back to that vacation thing that I talked about a little bit earlier, right? I'm on vacation, but I'm still working. Right. Now, when I go on vacation with my family, I'm on vacation. If I'm out coaching my boys or I'm playing cats with one of my boys out in the front yard. I'm just playing cats with one of my boys in the front yard. And we talked about that going in, that we knew that if by pursuing my career in this, becoming a teacher and coaching, that I would be there more for the family. Mm -hmm. And that was goal number one. That was priority number one, is, is being there for, for the family. He had mentioned in the beginning that the money was something that really drove him at his job. And when we had decided for him to go back to be a teacher, we knew that the money was definitely cut. Lifestyle would change. In half at least or more. Yeah. 
for sure. And so we knew that his happiness and our happiness as a family, like he just said, providing and being there for his family more was way more important than the money and the worldly things. And it's, it's been a huge blessing for us. It's a, it's a short-term sacrifice for long-term gains of being able to be in the present moment. And I always bring back the psychology of it, but the power of being in the present moment is truly all we ever have, right? We can worry about the past. We can worry about the future, but being where you're at right here, right now is the most important moment. Like I'm actually thoroughly just enjoying having this conversation with you too, being able to get this recorded and down so that people can learn lessons from it. But just being in the moment is really all you ever have. And so you had you, that increased your ability to be able to do that. Absolutely. And I didn't think of that four or five year period at that time as a short term goal. Mm. Right. It, we were, I was thinking long term. I was taking each quarter by quarter by quarter. And sometimes as we're setting those goals, we think about how far out it might be. But realizing when it's done, it really wasn't that long. Yeah. Looking back, you're like, oh, you know, that was easy. Look, look, <laughs> yeah. Looking back. Looking back, yeah, it, it wasn't that long. You know, it, it there was some hard times, but we made it. I think that's a good lesson to learn. You might have a long-term goal to do something. Continue to push, keep moving forward, no matter what setbacks you might have. Because in the end, you're going to look back and you're going to go, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I did it. I made it. You know, it might have been four or five years, but now we're 13 years into teaching. He's gone back to get his <laughs> master's degree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean good. yeah, it's been really good. I mean, we're. You're self-reliant. You're independent. You you have summer vacations. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and right, we're talking 2008. We're in 2024. I mean, 14 years Right? No, I did my math wrong. That'll be embarrassing. 12 years. 12 years. Right? From the start, yeah. For, right? 12 years. No. No. 2008, 2024. That's 16. That's 16. Years. 16. See, I knew my okay, math was bad. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut this part. So, 12 years since you graduated. 12 years since I graduated, but 16 years from when we made that decision of. We're going. I'm going back to school. She's going to be the main breadwinner to, to provide for the family. With obviously, assistant from the state. We also had some wonderful neighbors that had small businesses that I would be able to go work for during breaks, you know, to make a little bit of money and different things like that. But that's been 16 years since that conversation in our living room, in our bay window you know you can't see you can't see that far ahead you just got to trust the process yeah and we we obviously have a faith in god and a faith in christ and that's part of our core family values and trusting god and his plan and his timing because now you've been able to bless lives and do that and whatever you believe whether it's god the universe whatever your guiding factor is it's there and it does provide you purpose and it does it does get you there so follow that um what would you say is 
the lowest point that you experienced in that time? Definitely right before that conversation. I mean, probably. So before you even started the journey. Yeah, before I even started the journey. I said when there was those those mornings that I I didn't even want to get out of bed because I just felt like such a failure Mm. as a husband, as a father. I felt like I'd I'd screwed up. I disappointed everybody, you know, my wife, my boys, her parents, my parents. I mean, I could just, it felt like the weight of the world was on me and that I had felt and there was nothing I could do to change that. I mean, that's how I felt. That's how I thought there there was that time frame, And I can't remember how long that time frame was. But there was definitely there was a, a short period of time right there before that conversation that yeah it was just not I, I wasn't there you lost that sense of purpose yeah I, lo- I felt like i lost everything that i just felt in all in all hopes and during during school there was definitely times too I definitely had some low points. Um, you know, I came home plenty of times, especially in the beginning of some semesters. I'm going, I have no idea how I'm going to pass this class. Like anatomy, I'm thinking, I have no idea <laughs> how in the world I'm going to pass this class. Here's the thing, though. He keeps saying <laughs> stuff about not being a good student and not passing classes or having a hard time struggling with it. He almost had a 4.0 every semester. And he doesn't give himself enough credit for that, but he was so good at school and did an excellent job. So you didn't just pass the classes, you exceeded in them. And I was super proud of you for for that because that shows how much work and effort you were putting into that. That speaks a lot to her because she had to sacrifice a lot of time for me to be able to study, uh, to write papers. Um, she also spent a lot of time correcting a lot of my work. <laughs> you know, she's an English guru and definitely helped me pass a lot of those classes you know, because of her sacrifice. And, it's a code degree. Yeah. It yeah. Is a code I, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> a code degree. Yeah, I, there's no way I could have gotten it, you know, with, without her, without her, her sacrifice. Right. Her letting me put that time an effort because I needed it. Yeah. But also that sense of meaning and purpose getting back into your life, you're able to put forth more effort towards something that you love. Cause if you were say at the gas station, still like you wouldn't have put forth 110% effort at that job, but you're, you're putting forth 110% effort at being a student because you know, it has a long-term goal of what you want to achieve. Yeah. What would you say is your lowest point mom? All of it. The whole dang thing. Well, we did, we, we did have a baby during while well, we had yeah, so finished four it boys up. Yeah, so had four boys and we added one. So. Being a young mom, you are so emotional all the time anyway. You're still emotional. I, I am. <laughs> I say that with love. <laughs> I even cried when he read the first of your podcasts. No, your your hormones. You're on this emotional roller coaster all the time. You know, I was I was taking care of my four kids. I was running my daycare. We were trying to get pregnant for years. Um, 
it had taken us a long time to actually have our last baby. And it was failure after failure each month. And so I think that was weighing heavy on me because we wanted that baby so badly and it wasn't happening. And I think I finally turned it over to God. She's going to cry. <laughs> I knew that it wasn't the right time and that I needed to wait for him and his will for when our baby needed to join our family. And it still took a couple more years after that for us to be able to get pregnant. And that was um, in the middle of school still. And so having a baby, adding another child into our family was a big deal, but it all was hard, but we kept going. I think because we had each other and because we relied on the Lord so much and our core faith values, that's why we were able to get through it. Yeah, there was definitely many prayers that I relied heavily on God during this process. Um, you know, asking him many times, hey, please help me remember this. Please help me be prepared for this. Please give me the patience for this. Um, there's no way we would have been able to accomplish what we accomplished without God being a central figure. So I echo that statement that you said earlier. Whatever your belief system is, you know, spiritually, you know, trust that because it can bring you peace it can bring you hope in your lowest times and it can definitely help you dig you out of your lowest situations and show you the light that you need off the record on this one <clears throat> because it keeps going back through my mind and i know you don't know a lot of stuff but we met with a lawyer when this all was happening and he told me to leave dad. Do you remember that? He's like, I'm surprised you're still with him. Why are you with him? You need to leave him. Like what just all happened? I would be out of there so fast. And that rings in my mind constantly when we talk about this subject. Why did you keep the relationship going? Why would I leave him? There's no reason to. Other people would have thought there was a reason to. Our relationship, if we were in the world, other people would have left like that. Our relationship would not have stayed there. But because we made covenants, because we were still together, and we have that forever family, what all happened was not a reason for me to leave him. You'd already made that commitment to each other? We did. There was no infidelity. That's the one thing I told dad, you get one chance. This is your chance. If you screw up one time, that was your chance. I'm out of here. <laughs> so that's where he knows there's that's the line. That's that's the line. Yeah. other things where the world would see walk away now. And we, I didn't, I wouldn't, that was his lowest point. Could you imagine what would have happened to dad if I would have left him then? He probably wouldn't be here. 
Absolutely. Well, I'll ask you permission to leave some of that in because I think that people need to hear that in having a committed, loving relationship that you have to be with them during their low times. I'm okay with that. Right. I, 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 I kind of agree with that. I think people need to hear that. People need to know what's real. And that was a real situation. You know, that was real advice that she got from an educated person because he figured that that would have led her to a better life, not worrying about me, where her focus was about us and our family, where his point of view was how she could help herself. It's such secular short-term thinking, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, leave this guy. There's no hope. But yeah, yeah that just seems so counterintuitive when you're looking at things in the long term. What are you going to say? That's the thing, though, is nobody knows the situation. Right. So in a world where they would have known the situation and everything that had happened, there's a lot of people that would say, yeah, I would have left. I would have left. I was pretty bad. I really was. And I couldn't admit it then, but I, I admit it now. You know, sometimes it takes looking back to see really how difficult it was or how good it was, whatever the situation might be. But I was, I was in a low, low point. Austin was just one years old, not even one yet. He was just nine, ten months old. Yeah. And dad actually got admitted to the hospital for. Um, I had a panic. No. Um, oh, not that one. Like when you can't eat nuts. Oh, diverticulitis. He got admitted to the hospital for diverticulitis because he was so sick and he was bleeding terribly bad. And he was dehydrated and everything. They kept him there for a week. While we were there in the hospital, the lawyer, their lawyer came in and served us papers mm -hmm. and basically took our whole life away. Everything that we had. Yeah. For our house. So that was a low point. So... You say, what are the low points? Yes, the whole thing with stuff. But that lawyer, our lawyer, their lawyer, dad in the hospital. I'm still off of baby blues of having a nine-month-old, raising four kids, all this stuff. There's, there was much more deeper into it than people know or about the story tells. I think this is also a good thing to share because... From the outside looking in, if you weren't, if you weren't you two or one of the lawyers that knew the whole situation, you know, neighbors, friends, other random people looking in, they don't know, they don't see the hardship, they don't see the depression, they don't see the panic attacks, they don't see all these behind the wall conversations where 
we know President Eyring, he said that if you approach somebody and you assume that they're going through a trial, you will be right more than half the time. And he's like, in my experience, it's actually been more than more than half the time. It's 90% of the time. Most of the time, people are going through something very difficult and very hard. So I think one of the lessons that comes out of this as well is be compassionate towards others no matter what. Like You don't know what they're going through. And it can just be, it's just life. Life gets really hard. But that's why you shared the hope that you get through your faith through God and through finding that purpose and raising a family. Like me and my brothers, I'm sure that as your, as your children, we give you purpose, right? As a young mother going through that, as a young father going through that. Um, yeah, and how much it shifted your, your mindset to be fortified and better now. Um, there was definitely some rewiring. Yeah. That had to happen. Brain was completely changing. Oh, yeah. It was it was completely changing. The gray matter was, was shifting. You know, there was definitely different connections that needed to be developed, uh, that were developed, and they're obviously still developing. And, damn, it's, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the, things that I learned, um, not only, you know, in my education, but just, just about life, hard work, dedication, sacrifice. Sometimes we have to be willing to let other people sacrifice for us. That was hard, you know, accepting so, help from yeah, others, accepting help from others. You know, I'd be sitting upstairs in our room, writing a paper and I could hear you guys fighting, you know, screaming and I could hear mom trying to take care of it and everything else. But I'm like, us boys were having a WWE <laughs> fight downstairs. downstairs. <laughs> and, and mom's trying to wrangle you and I'm in the middle of, you know, trying to study whatever I'm studying. Memorize and, vocab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, memorize the human body, you know, and I've come downstairs and trying to help. And she was so just, I've got it. I've got it. You got to let me, I got it. Just go back upstairs. You need to go study. You need to go do that. That, that was hard, you know, not being able to help through some of those times because she realized what the priority was like, no, you need to get through school. You need to finish <laughs> this. You need to get done. Let me handle this right now. You go get that done because when it's done, I, she could see it better than I could. She she knew when it's done, we're we're gonna be good, you know. And not that life's been all sunshine and rainbows, but life is definitely, we've definitely been blessed. Like she said earlier, life's been good. I think it's a million times better than we could have. Oh yeah. Ever thought it was gonna be so. And what a testament to relationships, loving, committed marriage that. You work together, you communicate, and you go through the hard times. It only ends up going to be better and for the best. Yes, but I also believe his relationships with our boys. He did miss a lot of time at being with them here in the home or something like that. But he coached every single one of them. 
whether it be in football or baseball, soccer, he was always their coach. And I think that helped build relationships with each of his boys is that time on the field and on the court. Coach, one of the best titles you could ever have. I love it. Yes. Well, last question. Was the journey worth it? Yeah, I think we just answered that, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, absolutely. And we're still on that journey. I mean, that part of our lives is over, but because of that portion, it's made this portion of our journey better. Mm. And the things that we are doing now to become closer to God, to become more fit, to become closer to Spartan together. 2024, here we a, come. Spartan 2020, 2024, here we go. Um, as a family, by the way, all seven of us, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, so, I, I am so excited for that. That's gonna be so cool. A little background. <laughs> we, uh, so I'm I'm crazy, Dan the man here, crazy guy, and getting the whole family to run a beast Spartan. It's a 21k with 30 obstacles, and our entire family is doing it this summer. So yeah, we're all focused on our fitness and <laughs> <laughs> diet and goals and getting all that going right now too. But it took time to get to that point. Right, Absolutely. yeah, you had priorities yeah. beforehand, and now you can go through the journey and focus on it more now. Yeah, and, yeah. and focus on something different and just continue to get better and, and enjoy the journey. Find joy in the journey. Yeah. What would you say? Definitely worth it. And that's what you have to do every time you finish something, though, is um, go back and look at it. See what you learned, see how you grew, see what you need to progress in, what you need to do better in, and then set new goals and new dreams and go out and accomplish them again. We just sat down again this last week and we've got some new things that have came about in our life and we have a four-year plan for them. So they definitely need to be discussed and talked about and it's good. It all works out. All right, continual personal growth, self-awareness, and getting better. Well, I didn't even like you just said our next plan that we just discussed this last week is a four-year plan. Huh. But we've done yeah. it. We know <laughs> that we, it can yeah, happen. Right? right? It's it's not, okay, we're going to do this next week. It's, you know, she sat down. She spent a lot of time looking at some things, and it was like, Okay, so it's going to be four years. Mm -hmm. All right. But do you oh, know what and... I thought of is you have been helping your mission for four years. Do you right. know how fast that's gone? Super fast. So this is all that's going to be. Yeah. That, so. Well, people have, you know, if you look at businesses, they have 10-year goals, 25-year goals. Yeah. Sure. Right? Like, it's life. <laughs> so, okay. Well, thanks so much for being on. Great, great lessons to be shared. Uh, hopefully... You, audience, and everybody that was listening in, that you're able to take away something from it and go and apply it into your own life. Thanks for listening. I love you. <laughs>